We've all wished at one time or another that the myths and folklore stories we grew up hearing were in some way real, hoping there was more to life than what we see each day. Stories of fairy-like creatures hiding in deep forests untouched by humans, or cautionary tales of witches that lure children and eat them whole. People believe in all sorts of gods and religions worldwide, so what's to say that beasts wandering the mountains, or aquatic dinosaurs lurking in the waters, or even ghosts haunting houses are any different? What if all of it was real? All part of the same soup. There are many theories that these mystical and sometimes magical creatures we love to hear stories about could be travelers from other planes of existence, popping in and out of our own reality. Or more strangely, what if we are the ones that create them? What if these monsters are dwelling deep in our own minds, ready to appear at any time? I'm Charlie Conlon, and this is the nightmare I had last night. When I awoke inside my nightmare, I was approaching the village of Mount Hood. A colossal mountain towered over the valley like an ancient god as I drove down the main village strip. The white snow on the mountain's peak flowed down to the green trees surrounding the base, like color gradient strokes of an oil painting. It truly is a magnificent sight. I've heard legends of this mountain and the monster that roams through the rocky cliffs and forest. It is my goal to seek out and capture proof that this monstrous beast exists. Mount Hood is a tourist town, filled with diners, pawn shops, and expensive art galleries. Each of the town's structures are built close to each other with deep red brick and old tile roofing. This small mountain settlement usually hosts events and festivals. The streets, however, are empty upon my arrival, like a desolate ghost town. The stores that stretched along each side of the main strip were shut down, some with signs in the window which said, closed for the season, and closed until further notice. Even though everything seemed empty, I could see people tucked away inside the gloom of their houses, peering at me from their windows. Cold wind whistled down from the mountain, shaking the shutters and rattling the storefront windows. My car cautiously drove down the cobblestone-laden street. The street came to a dead end, and a park ranger outpost was situated beside the trail that leads up to the mountain. A big black dog lay on the wooden porch of the outpost watching me. His left front leg was missing. The dog watched me, but struggled to keep his eyes open. I was probably interrupting his midday nap. I parked my car and got out. The trail to the mountain was blocked with a large metal fence locked with heavy chains. A police state trooper stepped out from the ranger station and walked over to me. The three-legged dog perked up and followed the officer like a shadow, limping. 
A pink scar stretched across the stump of the black dog's missing leg and rounded along his side up to his back, indicating he was maybe caught in a bear trap or was attacked by something massive. Can I help you? Hi, I'm just looking to hike up the mountain. Sorry, no can do. Entry of the mountain's closed. No one's going up there. Why not? There's been some recent tragedies. Tragedies? What sort of tragedies? What's it to you? Nothing, just curious. The trooper pulled down on the brim of his hat, readjusting it. People been gone missing. First a photographer, then some conspiracy nut. Group of foreign hikers and a camp of Boy Scouts. Jesus. Hmm? After several failed searches, we decided it'd be best to close this trail. Put a quite a dark cloud over our town. Yeah, I can see. They seem to think there's something on the mountain taking people. Some beast. You don't say. I played dumb. Like I didn't know what was taking these people. Like I didn't know it was the legendary ancient monster that roams the west coast. I'm not like those other people. I'm prepared and unafraid. The trooper continued. Small town superstition, if you ask me. These people went missing due to a lack of preparation. Mountain can be dangerous. Both the trooper and I looked up to the mountain. Clouds circled the peak like the rings of Saturn, and ghostly mist trickled down into the dense redwood forest. Sorry you made the journey all the way up here to Mount Hood, but I'm afraid you can't go onto the mountain. You can stay in the Walker's Inn. I think they're still open, just down the street. I understand. I'm sorry for the recent events that have happened here. Thanks anyway. I didn't care for those people. They should have known what they are getting themselves into. They should have known the legends surrounding Mount Hood are real and deadly. I'll have to find another way onto the mountain. Like the trooper said, the Walker's Inn was a short drive up the street. It was a narrow, four-story structure connected to the neighboring building by a stone walkway. Only a dim light in the hotel's front stained glass windows suggested that it was open. My car slowly crept underneath the walkway through the narrow alley to the back parking lot. I parked my car against the massive forest surrounding the village. The trunk of my car creaked as I popped it open and retrieved my pack, ready for a night's stay at this antique hotel, when I noticed a small trail hidden by the overgrown branches behind my car. Pushing a large pine branch aside, I stepped onto the rough trail leading into the woods. The pathway was full of twists and turns, uneven and difficult to maneuver due to the large roots produced by the trees. I stepped across a small wooden bridge above a running creek, then up a steep hill where the path was blocked by a rusted metal yellow sign at the top. The sign had big, bold letters that read, Do Not Enter, written across it. This must be an old, alternative path up to the lower ridges, a path unguarded. The mountain beckoned to me, drawing me in with mystery and wonder. I hurried back to my car and retrieved my supplies. If I hurry, maybe I can find a decent spot to set up camp before the sun goes down in a few hours. The forest was tranquil, cold and felt ancient. The October frost had turned the forest's leaves from a green to a bright yellow and a deep crimson red. The sun rounded Mount Hood's summit and began to set. 
golden rays cut through the woods, illuminating the colorful forestry. I came upon a raging river that led down the mountain. The water violently crashed against the rocks, spewing whitecaps into the frigid air. On the other side was a huge black bear focusing on the water, patiently waiting for a fish to catch. I watched the bear until he quickly threw his paw into the river's edge and snatched up a large salmon. The bear looked at me for a moment, then turned back to the woods and carried it off. I'd better set up camp before the sun fully sets. Further in the forest, I discovered a small clearing. Here, I set up my tent and started a fire. I sat on the ground, tending to the flames while drinking a cup of whiskey. It was colder outside now that it was night. The surrounding trees were tall and skinny, and the wind brushed through them softly, and the sounds of wildlife echoed in the distance. The mountain made me feel strange, made my skin crawl, like something was watching me. In the middle of the night, I woke up inside my tent to strange sounds in the forest. Something was lurking outside. I quietly unzipped the corner of the door to peek out. It was too dark to identify anything past the campfire's embers, but I sensed something was just beyond the tree line. Could it be the huge bear I saw at the river? Or could this be the beast I came searching for? The mysterious animal lumbered around, and judging by the thuds in my chest each time the animal took a step, it was massive. This very well could be the ancient monster I came here to find. The thought of encountering the mysterious animal so soon into my expedition gave me a rush of excitement, but the sheer size of the thing quickly squashed my enthusiasm. I felt small and helpless behind the thin veil of my tent. With effort, I slowed my breathing and peeked out from the small zipper hole careful not to make a sound that would alert the animal of my presence. The midnight forest was blacker than hot tar. For a moment, I thought the animal had gone when suddenly a massive weight brushed against my tent. The brute inhaled deeply, smelling for me. It knows I'm here. Then, with a dozen large strides, followed by a cacophony of broken branches, the thing was gone. I remained in the center of my tent, awake until dawn. The sun had barely risen over the mountain by the time I crawled out from my tent. The campsite was in a disarray of dirt, rubble, and broken branches. My supplies were scattered all across the surrounding thickets, the contents mostly destroyed or missing. I was foolish to leave it out in the open. Though, it may have been the distraction I needed to keep the attention off me. Nothing was left of my fire. In fact, the small fire pit was stomped out in a deep, muddy crater pooling with wet gray ash and splintered logs. The pit had a strange shape, I kinked my head to the side to see it at a different angle and discovered it was a huge impression of a footprint sunken deep into the mud. In fact, the entire area was covered in these gigantic tracks. I placed my size 11 foot inside an imprint, and the dimensions dwarfed my foot in comparison. Like a detective, I followed the tracks around the scene until they led into the woods, and what I found was incredible. 
A massive path of destruction was carved through the woods as if something huge charged through the trees with calamitous strength. Tree branches at least 12 feet high were ripped clean from the trunks. It was clear to me I had a close encounter with the beast I came here to find. The Wandering Sasquatch. Bigfoot. I packed up my tent and gathered my remaining supplies and followed the path. I marched forwards on the destructive trail, inspecting my camera as I did, carefully checking to have it ready for when I found my prize. Nervous fear trickled through me, but at the same time, I was excited to be so close to the infamous Bigfoot. I looked up to the broken trees around me. It had to be him. Truly amazing how much demolition an animal could do to a forest. Such power. The sun was high in the sky. It warmed my body now that I wasn't behind the mountain's cold shadow. The autumn colors captivated my visual senses, and the refreshing smell of the mountain air filled my lungs. It was a beautiful day. However, I felt the same eerie pit in my gut I had felt the day before, and at the same time, heard no birds. The made path came to its end. I stood on the edge of the thick woods, and through the trees, I saw something peculiar. Surrounded by four giant maple trees was an old tree stump, and on the flat surface was a strange rock. I climbed past the gigantic trees, vibrant green from vines and moss growing on the thick bark, into a small circular clearing. Immediately, I was struck with a pressure headache, and the taste of metal stung my senses. By the looks of it, the rock was a type of moonstone, deep, smoky black with red and silver etchings. Above the rock, and all around me were seemingly random branches of all shapes and sizes hanging from ropes and string, purposely put there by someone or something. With each step closer to the stone, the metallic euphoria became stronger and was almost unbearable. The rock was smoking like it had been recently heated. My face burned and my head riled with pain. I stumbled out from the druidic circle and rubbed my eyes and breathed deep. The heavy atmosphere lifted from my brain like clouds drifting off the mountain. What was that rock? And who put it there? I contemplated my next actions, staring into the deepness of the forest. The dense trees were still, cool and crisp, but something lurked in the distance, huge and brooding in the darkness. It was staring at me. I remained still, staring right back at it. No sudden movements. It's him. Then, like a blink, it was gone. Did I really see that? I'd better find a place to set up camp before the sun sets. My tent was set far from the mysterious shrine, housing the black moonstone, or whatever it was. Did the Sasquatch place that stone? Is the primitive animal more intelligent than I anticipated? Or did someone else put it there? All I knew was something about that shrine scared me, but at the same time, fascinated me. My small fire crackled as I stared into the glowing embers. The beast is here. I saw him. He saw me. I'll be ready for him tonight, and I'll finally prove his existence. The hot coals of the fire heated my body as I rubbed my feet and massaged my legs. I was sore and exhausted from traversing the mountainside forest with no sleep. But despite my fatigue, determination to capture evidence of the monstrous abomination fueled my body with adrenaline. I was sure he would come back tonight. I know he's been watching me today, and all I have to do is wait.
That night, when the full moon was highest in the sky, I felt the familiar thunderous boom in the ground, rhythmic to the beat of large footsteps, followed by fractured trees crashing in the wake of something massive. He's here. Everything around the camp became quiet. The crickets stopped chirping and the loons went silent. And even the wind died. More strange, the beast's tumultuous steps fell silent. Suddenly, a large shadow rose higher and higher, looming over the tent, mirroring the mountain behind it against the starry night. And with the force of a hurricane, the monster crushed the tent into the dirt. Luckily, I anticipated his actions and was hiding in the bush nearby. The giant brute let out a scream into the night that carried through the trees and shattered against the mountainside. He raised his fists up and hammered down onto the tent pile, crushing it even more, pounding it into the ground like an ape, furious that I outwitted him. I readied my camera as the fire's light perfectly outlined the massive shape of his horrifying body, but I had made a huge mistake. The flash of my camera was on, and before I could stop it, I took a photo, lighting up the immediate area, and worse, giving away my position. The devil stumbled back, rubbing its eyes, briefly stunned by the flash. This gave me a clearing to make a quick escape into the woods. Only the full moon's glow gave me some hint of where I was going, but it wasn't enough to effectively dodge trees as thick branches scraped against my face and body. The massive bellow shook my body, and it was followed by rumbles in the earth, like a rock slide from the mountain. Boom, boom, boom. The closer it got, the more I could hear the trees crashing from the massive force charging towards me. I ran. I ran as fast as I could, but each step I stumbled over vines and branches. There was no use. I couldn't see. If only I had a light. Earthquake steps shook the ground, getting closer and closer. I tripped, accidentally taking a photo with my camera, again setting off the flash and lighting my surroundings. That's it, the flash. I ignited the flash's camera as quickly as I could take photos, repeatedly brightening the forest for just a moment with each picture I took. Enough for me to navigate the terrain, giving me a little more speed, but it wasn't enough. The giant steps grew closer. The trees crashed against the forest floor with an angry force. I flashed my camera behind me and the Bigfoot was right on my heels. I caught only a glimpse of his hairy, matted figure, but I could hear his vicious, guttural panting. I don't know how long I can keep this up. My body is exhausted. My lungs feel as if they couldn't be filled fast enough with air. The monster was right on me now. I could feel his breath. I could smell his earthy scent. And to my doom, I lost my footing and stepped off the side of a steep hill. I plunged down the slope destructively, hitting each branch and tree growing from the side of the hill. My body flipped every which way in the darkness, rendering me completely disoriented. Finally, my body slammed against the muddy bottom. Half my body laid in thick muck while my legs sat in trickling water. My brain was hazy and my body felt broken. In the dark, I checked to see if I was bleeding, but couldn't tell if it was blood or the mud dripping off me. The horrible Bigfoot was at the top of the hill. I could hear him sliding down the slope. I cautiously dragged myself from the water and against an earthy wall. The beast was at the base of the hill, splashing up and down the creek. He's looking for me, and he'll surely find me before long. In a last-ditch effort of survival, I nuzzled my busted body against the side of a dirt wall and began to slog thick mud all over my arms, legs, body, and finally my face. 
I layered the dirt on as thick as I could, attempting to hide my scent. The beast sniffed the air, trying to smell me out in the dark. His steps grew closer until he was right beside me, his enormous body almost stepping on top of me. I could feel the side of my body sinking deeper towards the weighted impression of his massive foot. He stood there, inhaling the air, then quiet. He pulled his foot from the dirt and continued down the river. My mud cocoon worked, and I was safe for now. The sun had started to peak above the horizon by the time I dragged myself out from the muck. I could see that I had fallen into a narrow gully. My body was intact save for a few cuts and bruises. The cold water from the stream numbed my hands as I washed away the dirt from my face. With difficulty, I began climbing back to the top of the steep forest hill, using roots and small trees to hoist myself up. Once I reached the top, I could see the catastrophic artery carved through the forest by my menacing pursuer in the dark. Not long after treading the new road, I saw something dark hidden under the splintered trees and branches. It was my camera, thankfully still intact. The chaotic chase was displayed like a storybook of manic blurry photos that captured the dark woods, lit up by my camera's flash. I scrolled through the pictures on the camera until I found a peculiar photo. A blurry photo of a tremendous, matted, snarling beast reaching for me with an impossibly mighty human-like hand. It must have been just as I had slipped down into the mud. This photo was good, but it'll be chalked up as just another doctored blurry photo of the missing link. I can do better. And with that, I continued back to my camp to salvage anything that's left. But it wasn't long after I had started walking when I saw something far off in the distance, abnormal and out of place. I cut through the forest towards the strange item, and as I got closer I could see it was more of the ornamental sticks hanging above yet another tree stump. I stepped up close to the flat tree remnant. Unlike the other woodland altar, there was no moonstone, but the surface was scorched black. I backed away from the altar but misstepped onto a thick branch. At my feet, the branch had triggered a bear trap hidden under soggy leaves and shattered the branch into slivers of wood. Shock, I gazed across the forest floor and saw another snare, then another. In fact, hundreds of set bear traps were scattered all throughout the forest with the ritualistic tree at the center. By some miracle and a great deal of luck, I hadn't triggered any of them when I initially walked up to the stump. I could go back the way I came from, or I could go north for a shorter route. Both options seemed to have the same chances. Slowly and carefully, I walked north. I could see most of the cuff-style traps randomly placed across the forest floor, but many were hidden by branches and leaves left by time. I thought of the black dog with the missing leg, sitting on the porch back at the state trooper's outpost. One wrong step and that will be me. I narrowed my focus to look at each spot on the ground before I took each step. Slow and steady, I made good progress. When a painful pressure stuck the center of my head and the familiar metallic taste coated my senses. Another stone? Perhaps the one that should be on the burned stump? Stepping around the dangerous, heavy black leg holds, I could feel the stinging sensation getting stronger. I searched for the black rock using the horrible feeling like a dowsing stick looking for hidden water, when finally, the sun reflected the surface of the smooth moonstone, revealing itself to me. 
it sat surrounded by dozens of rusted heavy metal snares, sharp and ready to bite. The dark rock burned my brain as I got closer, but I knew there was something linking this mysterious stone to the beast I was searching for. Something otherworldly. Without moving my feet, I reached down and grabbed a long branch. With this, I leaned forwards and pressed firmly into the center of the trap sitting just in front of me. It snapped up quickly, but in doing so, activated the trap next to it. And within only a few seconds, all the traps throughout the woods began popping up and snapping the air like sharks out of water. I dove forwards through the springing metal and snatched the stone in my hand, and immediately, my reality changed. In a kaleidoscope explosion, I was thrown into a phasmagoria of color and designs I had never seen, flashing before my eyes as I traveled at light speed. And all at once, in a flash of white light, my body was thrown to the snowy ground atop the mountain. I lay somewhat hurt, my head spun and I felt like I was going to be sick, but when I regained my senses, I found I was in front of a vast cave entrance with a warm light emitting from within. Hesitant at first, I stepped just inside the mouth of the cave, but the frigid wind of Mount Hood pushed me further down the damp passageway, out of the cold, and into the warm chamber. The ground became jagged and full of debris. I followed the corridor as it led around to a large dwelling with a fire in the center. The flames lit the room and the hallway I stood in. Scattered all across the rock floors and around my feet were thousands of different bones, some chewed and eaten. At the back of the cave, piled haphazardly along the walls, were hundreds of various items like knives, blankets, and camera equipment, as well as all the things that went missing from my own camp. I've made a horrible mistake. This is Bigfoot's den. A flash of white light shocked through the tunnel from the cave's entrance. Like me, something had been transported here. Panicked, I looked around to find a place to hide. I ran across the room and climbed onto a pile of rocks and laid underneath a deflated, slime-stained mattress, hiding from the beast on his return. But to my surprise, it wasn't Bigfoot. It was the state trooper. He entered and looked around, with his hands resting on his police belt and looking stern. The stones. He and the beast must be using the stones to navigate around the mountain quickly. Then, just as before, another white flash from the head of the cave followed by loud, thunderous booms. The state trooper stepped back to the wall just next to my disgusting hiding spot. The quaking steps got louder, causing water and dust to drip from the ceiling. Finally, in full view, lit by the roaring fire in the center of the cave, the glorious Bigfoot marched in. Standing at least 13 feet tall, completely covered in matted, dirty hair, reeking of soil and dried blood. Your greatness, uh, I'm sorry, but we couldn't find the outsider. The Bigfoot took one large step over to the trooper as he backed against the stone wall, dropping his gaze to the floor in fear. Please, we tried. We tried to keep the mountain clear during your hibernation. With lightning speed, the beast snatched the trooper by his legs and hoisted him up to the top of the cave. I could hear his bones crushing under the pressure of the Homo sapiens' grip. We did what you asked! We fed you for generations! Please! Then, 
Like swinging a hammer, the Bigfoot smashed the ragdoll body of the trooper into the rock floor, splatting him into a puddle of human remains. I remained still under the deflated mattress when I began to feel something moving on my hands, then the back of my neck, then all over. Thousands of ants crawled all around me, and that's when I became aware that these weren't rocks. Deer skulls, bear skulls, and human skulls. Women, men, even children thrown into a pile with me on top. Most of the skulls still had flesh and hair decaying off the bone, with parts of the spine still attached. Inadvertently, I gagged loudly. I cut my hands across my mouth, but it was too late. Bigfoot, with purpose, stomped over to me, and with one hand reached down and grabbed my arm, crushing all the bones inside as he lifted me up to face him. I dangled in pain as the bones floated around inside my skin sack limb and pierced into my muscles. Bigfoot stared into my eyes, studying me. I calmed for a moment, unaware of what his intentions were. I was such a fool. How could I think I could catch or even challenge such a beast? I stared into his dark, brown eyes. Truly evolution at its finest. I knew there was no getting away. With one hand holding my arm, he reached down and grabbed my leg and began to pull me apart. The skin on my body was tight and my bones began to crumble and separate. My spine snapped and my gut split open as he pulled me apart in two, holding my upper torso in one hand and my legs in the other. Bigfoot threw my body aside. And for a few seconds, I watched him as he eat my legs by his fire. Then I woke up. People all around the world believe in many different folklore monsters that roam our planet, hiding in the shadows. Stories of spirits haunting graveyards or monsters terrorizing villages. Even horrible tales of demons crawling out of hell to corrupt innocent people. Myths and legends that date as far back as, well, people have existed. And the legend of the Bigfoot monster has one of the largest communities surrounding the beast. So to break down my nightmare, I'll start from the beginning. At the beginning of the nightmare, I drove into a desolate mountain village, void of life, as the people hid in their homes, fearful of the beast that lurks on the mountain. Dreaming of a village can signify community and traditions in your waking life, but it was desolate. This could indicate that your waking life has a lack of community within it. Picturing yourself in a village can also indicate that you long for a simpler life, away from the bustling city. So maybe the empty village is exactly what you've been needing. As I set out to traverse the mountain, the leading path was blocked and guarded by a state trooper. Seeing an officer in a dream could mean the importance of following rules. However, in this case, I broke those rules by entering the mountain's forest another way. 
Breaking the law could denote that you have a hard time following the rules in your waking life. This, coupled with the empty village, could mean that you were doing away with society and its directives. Next was the mountain, with its peak piercing the clouds and casting a shadow across the dense woods surrounding the base. Seeing mountains in a dream can signify a major obstacle in your waking life or challenges you are currently facing. If you are traveling around a mountain, as I did, it could mean you are tackling these major issues in a roundabout way, and you are taking an indirect approach. Yoon said that mountaintops offer overview of your progress, and looking at the peak from the base allows you to see the challenge ahead of you, which then helps you with the process of self-discovery in your waking life. In the mountain forest, I found myself watching a bear fishing for food in a river. A bear is a significant image to see in your dreamscapes. It can represent independence and strength. Bears are solitary creatures, so seeing one in a dream could mean you are thinking like a bear, living and surviving alone. Given the fact that most of us have been locked away over the last two years, this makes sense. But this doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like a bear hibernating, it could be a symbol for the cycle of life, and you will come out of your own introspective hibernation anew. In the nightmare, I was searching for a beast, but not just any beast, the Bigfoot monster himself. And within the dreamscape, I found him, standing 10 to 15 feet tall, muscular, hairy, and menacing. His brute force laid waste to the forest around him as he pummeled after me. Bigfoot, also known as the Sasquatch, is a giant ape-like creature that roams the western United States. In Washington state alone, there are over 2,000 alleged Bigfoot sightings. California has over 1,600 sightings, and evidence of the Sasquatch has been discovered even in New York state. This shows that the Bigfoot travels far and wide, leaving large footprints, nests, and damaging trees. Many people have even captured photos and recorded videos of the monster. Most of it, however, is highly questionable and debated. Bigfoot isn't the only cryptid in the family of big hairy beasts. The skunk ape is said to roam the United States, more in the southeastern regions around Florida. The skunk ape, also known as swamp ape, is similar in many ways to the Sasquatch, Standing only seven feet tall, this ape-like creature has different coloring to his cousin, the Bigfoot. People who have purported seeing this mythological beast have described smelling a foul odor in the air well before seeing the swamp ape. Throughout the world, you can find many cryptids like these ape-like missing links that have evidence dating back a thousand years, depicted in cave drawings. The Tibetan Yeti, also known as the Abominable Snowman, dwells in the mountains of Nepal and other parts of Asia. The Yeti is said to have white or gray fur and have sharp teeth. The Yowie is a 12-foot ape-like monster that wanders the Australian outback, with wider feet than Bigfoot, and toes irregular in shape and size. Through oral history, this creature was believed by Australian First Nations to be unearthly beings, evil and dangerous. Other names given to the Yowie are Yahoo and Wowie. To see Bigfoot in your dream symbolizes the unknown of the subconscious. Alternatively, it suggests that you are misrepresenting yourself in some way or that you are misleading others. 
It could also suggest there is a massive problem in your life you are being pursued by, and you are avoiding it. Finally coming to a climax of being attacked by the problem as I was attacked in my nightmare. Many dreams feature beasts or animals that are of no particular characteristic or type. Such creatures are usually an expression of memories or instincts and drives, which have been repressed or avoided in your waking life for one reason or another. Additionally, a giant in your dream could mean there is an uphill struggle in your life. Finally, being chased by a huge monster-like man could mean there is a masculine authority in your waking life causing you stress. Next in the dream, I had fallen into a gully and was covered by mud. A gully in a dream symbolizes obstacles or difficulties in your waking life. To see mud in your dreams suggests that you are involved in a messy or sticky situation. It also suggests that some spiritual cleansing is needed. This all connects to hiding from the massive problem manifested as Bigfoot, slowly searching for me. In the end, I was met with the cryptid monster inside the cave. To see or dream that you are in a cave symbolizes the womb and thus signifies refuge, protection, and concealment. A cave can also be a dream pun, meaning your problems are about to cave in. And they did, as the Sasquatch ripped my body limb from limb. The themes throughout this nightmare suggest I am avoiding a large issue, and like Bigfoot, seeking refuge away from the others, hiding myself away in the forest and caves of my mind. But eventually, the colossal creatures that roam the wild dreamscapes of your mind will eventually find you. So maybe it's a good idea to confront them in your waking life where they can't hurt you. Thank you so much for listening to this terrifying tale. This episode was written by me, Charlie Conlon, voice acting by Anthony Jaramonte and Daniel Jaworski. I had a lot of fun writing this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to hear your scary stories. Go to kmnpodcast.com and send me your horrifying nightmares. Rate and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on KMN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram for all things nightmarish. And remember, if things get too scary, you can always wake up.